Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, this time coming to you live from the beach in Belize. We've uh, moved on from Mexico and we're in, uh, where are we, San, San Pedro. San Pedro is called, yeah. Yeah, we're in San Pedro, it's a little, it's not quite an island, but it's almost an island, um, off the very southern tip of Mexico and the eastern border of Belize. Today what we're going to be doing is talking about the reality of getting language immersion, because if you've been following along with our, our, our video series uh, on YouTube, you will know that we've come to Mexico in order to get Spanish immersion, but we've also been finding it uh, not... Well, we've been trying hard to show as much Spanish immersion and Spanish practice speaking as possible, but we have been struggling to, I guess, to produce something that is uh, good on video, something that you guys can watch and actually really learn from. We have been speaking quite a bit of Spanish, um, but it's like it's very difficult to kind of film every single little interaction. So uh, what we're going to do today is actually talk about the reality of getting immersion on a trip like this and just talk very honestly about the struggles we've been having, the things that have worked and the things that haven't. And we're going to be doing this by responding to the comments that have been posted on our YouTube videos. Me and Jan have been through all of the, uh, all of the videos and we've picked the questions that we think are most uh, interesting to talk about. Before we get onto that, I would like to thank the sponsors of the show, who are, of course, italki. It's the best place on the internet to get language lessons with real teachers in any language anywhere in the world. And you can take the lessons on Skype, which means that you can get lessons from your car, if you have an internet connection, from your office, from home, anywhere you want. To get a free lesson, simply visit iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash free lesson all right then so let's go through these uh, these questions and the first question was from um, christian and we had a number of questions like this and then he asks why don't you do the blog in or the vlog sorry in spanish basically why don't you just speak spanish to each other all the time so yeah um why don't we why don't we just speak Spanish all the time on this trip? Yeah, well, I think uh, there's two reasons for this. I think the first reason is, well, we actually try to do it, right? We talk Spanish to, once we read this uh, this comment, we said, okay, you know what? We're going to try it. And we spoke Spanish for one evening. Um, it was, um, it felt very unnatural because normally, you know, we, normally we only speak in English, of course. And I think once you have this connection with someone in a language, it's very difficult to actually change that language. And how did it feel for you? Because for me, of course, it was very good practice, but I guess you had to be a little bit patient. Um, do you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, you know, our levels of Spanish are, are different. Um, and I mean, for me, it, it's... You know, for me, I, I, I have many times spoken Spanish for days and weeks on end, so it's no, no particular problem for me. But obviously what happens in that situation is, is that I'm kind of position... I'm just speaking Spanish for the sake of helping you, right? Yeah. Which, is, which is fine, I'm happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. But it just, it's just not natural mm -hmm. and, and we can't... It's not, it's not fun. Yeah. And, and, and language, language only has to be fun, right? There's the, I think for both of us, when we learn languages, we don't 
do stuff that's not fun. We always try to do things that we mm-hmm. enjoy, right? And mm-hmm. that is just not something that's particularly enjoyable. Yeah. And of course, it's fun to speak Spanish for, I don't know, half an hour, maybe even one hour. But on the other hand, you're not my teacher and I don't want you to be to, to play this role as a teacher on this trip. Um, I guess that's the main thing. And then another thing is, because she also said, uh, why don't you speak Spanish with each other all the time and add subtitles? Well, <laughs> we are producing these videos on a daily basis and it's actually a lot of work to... It's, it's, it's a bit stressful, to be honest, to put like these videos together every day. And if we also have to add subtitles like for the whole video, it's also not very... Uh, and speak Spanish the whole time. And speak Spanish the whole time, then whew, it's, uh, it's going to be a very intense... Um, trip. So, yeah, I guess those are the two main reasons. But the first reason is even the most important ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't agree with this thing of, you know, lang- language practice at all costs. I think it has no. to be fun. And, like, yeah. I think that, as someone commented on the on the videos, um, the, the, essential pro- the essential problem that we've had on this trip is that we are in the most touristy part of Mexico, or one of the most touristy parts of the world where people are are just wired to speak to us in english and um and yeah. pe- and, pe- and people are Yeah, but but I think that has actually been fine because indeed we did receive a few comments uh, why did you guys go to Cancun and everyone speaks English there? I don't remember that we have spoken English with with anyone there. I think we have been speaking uh, Spanish all the time with the locals. So I think that was not the main problem. Maybe the main problem was that that we only uh, well we basically only spoke Spanish with the taxi drivers and with the tourist Spanish with the people in the hotel of course um yeah, maybe the main problem has been that that we have been together all the time, no? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for sure, if you're pra- if you're traveling with somebody else, that makes it a lot a lot harder. I mean, Paul Howlett asked, "Are you, are you both getting a lot of practice speaking Spanish off camera?" And I think we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we just didn't we just didn't get the camera out every time we were in a taxi or we were ordering food because uh, we just didn't think it was interesting. Number one, and then number two. It's also difficult to record the audio. Mm-hmm. If you're in a taxi, you have to record the audio separately, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, just logistically, that's a real, it's a real pain because for yeah. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think here, like, I mean, what, in other places that we've been to, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, I remember when I went to Argentina, and I know you've had the same thing in China, yeah. And like, yeah. in those places, which are not extremely touristy, it's actually quite easy to. To meet locals. Yeah, to meet locals. Maybe that's it. To meet locals and because here what happens is that everybody yeah. you're you are basically an ATM to people, right? You're a tourist yeah, who's got money. True. That's true. And it's very that's difficult point, yeah. to actually speak to somebody on a on a on a neutral level. Yeah, I, I, I agree that and of course you had that experience in Argentina, I think also in Brazil. I had that experience in China. People were curious, they not just because I was a tourist and they wanted my money, but they were curious. Um, I did speak a little bit Chinese. They were just they're just curious, um, interested in you as a foreigner in general, and that way that makes it much easier to make uh, local yeah. friendships. Uh, Whereas here, nobody's interested in you no, as a person yeah. because they they have they're surrounded by tourists mm-hmm. every single day. So yeah, I think the situation, our choices in coming to this part of Mexico to be immersed in Spanish that was probably the wrong choice uh, mm-hmm. you know. but, but even you know I wonder if we if we had gone to another place like deep inside of Mexico where no tourists are and we would hang out with each other all the time 
I th- do you, don't you think that we would have had the, the same problem? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. Like I, I, how do you real? The question is, how do you real get language immersion? So what, what, what I did when I was in China, as I mentioned a few times in, uh, in in the videos on our channel, is I was basically dating girls, and I think that I think that that really helped because they didn't speak any any English, and I basically had to speak Spanish, uh, sorry Chinese, all the time, and that was real language immersion for me. Of course, it was not only dating girls, but because of you know meeting these people, you start getting more f- local friends and afterwards I also built like uh, friendships with, with, with male friends and uh, I was still speaking Spanish all the time so you do not necessarily Chinese have to da- yeah, they were, yeah Chinese exactly yeah. Um, so well, if, if I if, yeah I mean if I compare that to my experience in Brazil I mean the first time I went to Brazil I was I was traveling with a friend of mine Jim and um, we weren't dating girls on that trip although Jim I think did for a while but yeah. <laughs> um, but we got a lot of Portuguese practice there because what would happen is we would travel and people like you said they would just be interested in it we'd be on the beach and then like local people would come over and we'd start chatting they didn't want anything they just wanted to practice and get to uh, they just wanted to get to know us and they were curious Mm -hmm. so the place that you choose here's the the moral of the story the place that you choose to go to get your immersion has a huge impact on the amount of practice you're going to get if you pick the wrong place like Cancun you are fighting an uphill struggle right from the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah, that's one thing, and then maybe another factor that um, can increase <laughs> your success to um, to get to get language immersion is to maybe travel alone. And I really think so. Like if I look back at the times when I re- when I got real language immersion, I was alone. I was traveling alone. Um, of course, tra- traveling with a f- friend is more fun and uh, has other advantages. But I think as a solo traveler, you're more likely to meet other people, not only travelers, also locals. And um, yeah, you basically have to do the speaking all the time yourself. So traveling alone, I think, is uh, maybe better if you want real language immersion. Yeah. Now, at the end of day six, a video on day six, uh, there was one moment on the video which we decided to keep in because it was kind of real and I'm just going to play this to you um, here for a second so you can hear what happened. (laughs) So this is just a very short excerpt. Basically, if you haven't seen the video, uh, we were talking to the camera and Jan... um, well, what happened? I wanted to say something in in Spanish, of course, in front of the camera, and uh, I I messed up. I got stuck. I didn't know what to say. I, I forgot the word for I don't know what it was exactly. But I got really frustrated, and uh, yeah, well, everyone can see that on camera. And uh, I basically quit, and I wanted to to read. I wanted to shoot it over again but what I didn't know is that you actually uh, used that footage in the video <laughs> and the first time I saw it I was like oh hey man why did you <laughs> why did you keep this in the video and uh, but I guess it was something good because when we read the, the comments on the video we actually see that many people can relate to that many people can relate to yeah. being so frustrated and um yeah, that's that's a process we all have to go through, right? Many people think we are polyglots, we speak all these languages, and uh, that we don't struggle learning all these languages, but we struggle all the time. Yeah, the struggles and are exactly the same, right? Yeah. yeah. Magic Mike said, it's relieving to see and realize that these polyglot people are also going through hard times mastering languages. And uh, Language Czar also said, great to see the honesty at the end of the video polyglots go through the same frustrations as other language learners 
And it's absolutely true. I mean, I guess because we spend our time with languages, we tend, it's, it's natural for us to tend to want to show mm-hmm. the good bits. Yeah. Right? But, you know, you can't learn without going through all kinds of mistakes. And the, um, although, yeah, and I, I, mean, I would say that, like, you've been speaking a lot of Spanish on this trip. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think people probably don't see that in the videos necessarily. Yeah. But you've been speaking a lot of Spanish and you haven't been getting, I haven't seen that frustration yeah. coming out. It's something I think that, probably yeah. just happened on camera yeah i think that's it if you know when we are on camera or especially when i speak spanish on camera i feel more pressure so i really feel that i have to say everything correctly that i have to speak spanish correctly um and that didn't really uh, <laughs> that didn't really work that day so i guess that's another reason i mean you know we all get frustrations but uh, yeah on camera i guess the frustration was just a little bigger than uh than yeah and, and to be honest there are many clips that you'll see in our videos that we recorded two or three times because we wanted to say something and then we either got distracted or we said something that was just really boring Mm -hmm. uh you know there is a balance to be struck between uh between being spontaneous and then actually making something that's interesting for Mm -hmm. the video Mm -hmm. paul howlett asks how much is it costing for you to travel just a rough guesstimate per day yeah, how much have we spent? Um, I'm not so sure. I think, like, including transportation, hotels, and food in Mexico, Belize here is a little bit more expensive. I think in Mexico we paid probably around like 50 or 60 euros or dollars a day. What do you think? More yeah, less? I mean, yeah. there's a big difference. It depends. We tend to stay in fairly cheap places. Not like the, we don't stay in hostels, but we stay in, you know, cheap, cheap hotels. Cheap hotels. And we are paying anywhere from, I mean, we the place that we're currently in now, we're paying what's it, fifty dollars a night? Yeah, here it's yeah sixty. Fifty, sixty dollars a night in to- in totals. So that's divided between two. Yeah. But then when we went to, um, what was the name of that island? The island Consumel. Consumel, yeah. Cozumel. We went to Consumel. We 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 paid I think twenty dollars, fifteen or twenty dollars a night in total. Yeah. Um, and then food, we we're generally spending about ten dollars per meal each yeah, for a good uh, meal for dinner, and then for lunch maybe a little bit less, maybe seven yeah. seven dollars something. So like that. We, yeah, meals tend to be like between seven to ten dollars, but good food. Um, and then beers, we have a couple of beers and beers. and transportation. But buses in Mexico are relatively cheap, so maybe another five dollars per day on average maybe a little bit more not so sure yeah i would say like a 50 or 60 dollars per day in in mexico yeah. in total like that's including in total. transport food um yeah we've we haven't cooked on this trip so yeah i mean accommodation being 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 the major cost mm-hmm. there yeah so the last thing uh that we want to talk about is a question from Raina. I think that's how you pronounce it. And she says, um, what would you rate each of your speaking ability levels? And as a follow-up from that, uh, one question from um, from Iberix, who says, Ollie, when I saw you talk to that waitress, I said, wow, that's the level I want to achieve too. For how long have you been learning Spanish and what CEFR level do you consider yourself to be? So, Jan... Um, what CFR level do you believe yourself to be at? Yeah, I asked you uh, the other day. You said A two, but we are uh, 
I guess you are a little bit more strict when it comes to judging someone's level and language. I think, okay, so let's um, have the description of what a B1 level is. And here it says, B1, the ability to express oneself in a limited way in familiar situations and to deal in a general way with non-routine information. I think I can do that in Spanish. I think that my Spanish speaking is at least a B1. Um, I think my understanding is much better because, of course, I speak Portuguese and French uh, much better than Spanish. And therefore, I think my listening comprehension skills are probably... I, th I think they are B2, yeah, at, at least. So speaking, I, th I think it's a B1. Yeah. Uh, now, as for me, I've been speaking Spanish for about 15 years. Uh, not all the time. I mean, I've, I started learning about 15 years ago and... Um, I've gone for periods of, you know, four or five years at a time without speaking much. But, you know, we could say I'm very used to speaking Spanish now. I, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm definitely a C1 level. Mm. Jan asked if, I'm, if I might be C2. And Jan, could you read us the C2 descriptor and, and, and we'll see whether I think I'm there. Capacity. So it says a C2, um, that you're basically able to deal with material which is academic or cognitively, oh sorry, Whew, it's getting difficult here, demanding and to use language to a good effect at a level of performance which may in certain respects be more advanced than that of a native, or an average native speaker. For example, can't scan text for relevant information and grasp the main topic of text, reading almost as quickly as a native speaker. So do you think you can do that? Yeah, well, um, I think I can deal with material that is academic or cognitively demanding. Um, and I also think that in certain respects it might be more advanced than an average native speaker. Um, simply because I think in Spanish, in these Romance languages, when you get to higher levels, mm -hmm. yeah. the kind of vocabulary you use usually has a Latin root, so it tends to be the same as English vocabulary. So I think I can prob uh, that might be true in some respects. I don't think I can read as quickly as a native speaker, um, so I'm not totally sure about that. So I'd say I'm probably borderline C1, uh, C2 there. All right, so the last thing I said before that was the last thing. I lied. This is uh, There's one more thing um, that has to do with uh, travelling... Uh, no, sorry, it has to do with friendships. And we, we, one of the other things that we talked about, some, you know, in an earlier question, uh, it, we talked about why don't we just speak Spanish together all the time. And one of the things we didn't mention earlier was the fact that when you establish, when you meet somebody, you usually begin that friendship in one language. And it's very, very rare for any friendship to change language because uh, you know whatever language you establish that friendship in is almost always the language you feel comfortable in and so Israel left a comment saying I am I am Mexican and one of my best friends is also Mexican but we met in an environment where we were supposed to speak any language but Spanish and as a result there is no way for us to speak Spanish now it just gets weird we prefer to speak in English or French and I mean that is a, a very very interesting point and um even if, because, because me and Jan speak English together and we met and we spoke English, even though we share a lot, I mean, we both, we have a lot of common languages, right? We have uh, French, Spanish, 
Portuguese, English, Cantonese as common language, and a bit of Thai, yeah. and a bit of German mm -hmm. as common languages. But the only language we will ever be comfortable speaking together in, I think, is English. Even though we we do sometimes speak French and Portuguese and stuff, it's just for fun, really. Mm. I kind of feel, I kind of feel that even though we could speak together in other languages, I don't think it would ever be comfortable for us no. to do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's exactly. It. Um, yeah. What would happen if I would speak? If I spoke uh, French with you all the time, I guess would be fine. But nah, it just doesn't feel comfortable. Nah. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. So I think that's, that's something else to consider. Also, for you, you know, if you ever kind of... Because I know many people have friends who are native speakers of other languages and they get frustrated because they think, okay, my friend won't speak to me in, in Spanish or whatever language, won't help me practice. And you can feel negative about that. But actually, it's completely normal because um, friendships are established in one language and they remain in that language. I've only met one person who recently who said that they have had their friendship change. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I think that was very interesting, but generally, never really happens. All right, so this is the last of the podcasts that are coming to you from, uh, from South America. We'll be back next week as we approach episode 200, where we've got something very, very special planned. Uh, so thank you for listening. I hope you've I hope you haven't found the last few podcasts to be too uh, too, too boring. I know they're a bit different from usual. Um, so, and Jan, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on the on the podcast and agreeing to to chat, so everybody can uh, listen to our conversations. Yeah. If people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Can go to languageboost.biz. Everything is there. And, and what do you have there? Um, we create language learning products, language learning materials for uh, well for people who want to learn a language. Yeah, and then you, and the uh, Jan's just produced a great series of products called a uh, vocab booster, where he takes the most useful words and phrases in a language and puts them all together in one document with flashcards and stuff that's extremely useful. And um, so, if you are just getting started with a language, I'd encourage you to go and go and check that out because it might be uh, a good fit for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Um, oh, by the way, if you'd like to leave a comment about anything you've heard here feel free to do that on the show notes i will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 197 take care guys and i'll see you back in the next episode thank you so much for listening to today's episode i really hope you enjoyed it you know one of the questions i get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them so what i decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course it's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory it's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free memory course.